This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, naturopath and nutritionist, yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast for women who want inspiring and practical solutions to feel abundant energy and vitality on the inside and look radiantly healthy on the outside. Each week, I talk all things gut health and mind-body connection. If you want to find out more about me, check me out at susiegarden.com. Welcome to the show. This week, I really wanted to focus on weight loss. As you know, I am really starting to specialize in that in my clinic. And one of the reasons for that is because of the incredible impact having a normal weight has on your health versus having a um, being overweight. And in fact, being overweight impacts every cell in your body. And that is why I'm so passionate about this work because I know that when I'm working with people, helping them to get to their healthy weight, I'm actually helping them prevent chronic disease or even treating the chronic disease that may already be present in their bodies. And I see that and my clients see that when it comes to how they're sleeping, how their skin looks, how their gut health is, how their thyroid function is if they have thyroid issues. Like it's just incredible what we see. I can't even tell you how many people have come off their blood pressure medication, how many people have gone from being almost diagnosable as type 2 diabetic to being not a diabetic. So it's it's oh, so incredible. But anyway, I uh, wanted to talk about the effect of being overweight on your body. As I mentioned, it impacts every cell. So it's, it's about far more than your dress size or the number on the scales. And I guess this is probably one of the reasons that it took me so long to really start focusing on this in my clinic because I was a little caught up in the aesthetics of weight loss and I didn't want to become part of that inverted commas weight loss industry and being in it for well questionable reasons I guess. My focus is always about good health. 
because of the fact that it is just so influential on every cell. And the thing is, it's not just about the fat that we can pinch on our bodies, if you like. There's fat in and around the organs as well. And I remember quite vividly, actually, when I was an operating theatre nurse, one of our fellow nurses actually needed some surgery. And she was someone who was really skinny, like really skinny. And when uh, the surgery was laparoscopy, so, you know, when you stick uh, cameras into the abdominal cavity and have a look around, and I was really shocked at how much fat was sitting around her intestines and her um, organs. And now I know that there is what we call visceral fat. And visceral fat is the one that's around the organs, and it's mainly in that, well, it's all in that torso area. And it's really, really important because when that gets to a certain point, it actually starts behaving a little bit like an endocrine organ and it secretes its own estrogens and it is also influential in our other uh, hormones that influence our weight, like ghrelin and leptin, which I'll touch on shortly. So it's really, it's that kind of fat that's really being uh, targeted in my clinic, as well as the fat that you can see that is going to get you into your favorite genes again. So this, this visceral fat puts extra stress on the cardiovascular system. So it's your heart, pretty important, right? Your arteries, your veins, it puts increased load on your joints as well. And the thing is that, uh, as I mentioned with these hormones, that the excess fat cells, particularly the visceral fat starts to, or the abdominal fat starts to secrete, it's inflammatory Uh, chemicals, so what we call inflammatory cytokines, and they increase inflammation throughout the body. Inflammation, if you don't know, is probably the source of almost every disease you can think of, from cancer to heart disease to depression, like it's incredibly influential in the body. We need to keep our inflammation levels down as much as we can. Um, It also secretes estrogen, so that can lead to hormonal imbalances in men as well as women. Um, and these hormones, like I mentioned, ghrelin and leptin that can leave you feeling lethargic, hungry, and that switch off the hormones that make you feel full. So you feel hungry all of the time. So it's really quite a big deal. The thing is that future generations are also impact. And we know that children that are born to overweight parents are more likely to be overweight themselves as children and as adults. And it's not just because of the family habits that they learn around nutrition and exercise. It's actually because of certain genes that are activated in utero. And and overweight and obese children have a greater risk of developing asthma, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular conditions and certain cancers, a greater risk than non-obese children. And that's been uh, shown in clinical research. But the good news is we have the power to switch on or off these genes simply by the daily choices we make around our foods and around exercise and other lifestyle kind of elements that we have control over. So I wanted to quickly touch on the key weight loss hormones. And I have addressed this in uh, much more detail in a podcast earlier this year. You'll find it. I did a four-part weight loss series uh, if you want to look back and have a look at that. Uh, but essentially our key weight loss hormones are insulin, ghrelin, and leptin. And insulin you've probably heard of because you hear about that with diabetes. And that allows your cells to take in your blood sugar for energy 
and for storage. So insulin is also our main fat storage hormone, telling the fat cells to store the fat. And it also prevents stored fat from being broken down. And this is really important if you're insulin resistant. More about that later too. Um, so ghrelin, ghrelin's our hunger hormone and stimulates our appetite. And in someone who is a healthy weight, ghrelin will increase before a meal and will decrease up to 30 minutes after you've eaten. And leptin is our satiety hormone that tells your brain that you're full. All right, so these are really important. And I'm just going to go into um, those and the importance of those shortly. So the body, I've mentioned, you've probably heard me mention this before. The body has survival as its number one priority. So storing energy for future survival is something it's become very good at. And any extra glucose, and whether that comes from carbohydrates or proteins or fats, is stored away in fat cells. So yes, you can have too much protein. If you have too much protein, it will get stored as fat. So the reason, you know, we store the fat is because we weren't used to having supermarkets when we were cave people. Uh, And so the body has an unlimited capacity to store fat so that we always have energy. And unfortunately, in our modern world, we have access to food all of the time. So we tend to just eat and eat and eat, right? And our lifestyle is more sedentary, so we're not burning off that fat. So the glucose in our food is carried by the hormone insulin into our cells where it's turned into energy. Energy isn't that isn't needed right away. So, you know, if you're sitting at your desk all day or driving all day, um, that energy gets turned into glycogen, which is a stored form of glucose for future use. But we only have pretty small storage tanks for glycogen. So if there's still more surplus energy, it gets stored as fat. And remember, they have that unlimited capacity. So when people start to become overweight and obese, we get a shift in these hormones. So we get elevated insulin because, you know, the body's constantly pumping it out, trying to store away the glucose in the blood to fat. Uh, And this most commonly happens from overeating sugary carbs, wheat, and it promotes fat storage and impairs fat loss. So if you're overweight, you're likely to have elevated insulin, but also it's likely that you're insulin resistant. And when that happens, it causes the other hormones to go haywire, which is a real problem. And so you get increased ghrelin. So remember, ghrelin is our appetite hormone. So if you have increased ghrelin, it makes you hungrier. And also you can get increased, sorry, leptin resistance. So leptin, remember, is the signaler, the hormone that signals that we're full. If we become resistant to leptin, There is no signal telling you to stop eating. Remember, excess fat tissue causes leptin resistance. So there's no signal to tell you to stop eating. You've already got excess fat and your brain thinks you are starving all the time. So as you can imagine, this is a bit of a recipe for disaster in the body. Because when we have um, elevated insulin, as well as storing more fat, we're increasing our blood lipids. It increases our stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. And if you know anything about cortisol, when we have cortisol running uh, or being released all the time, we end up storing fat around our waist. Um, So we're increasing our fat storage because of our elevated insulin and cortisol. 
And what it also does when we have high insulin, it decreases our anti-inflammatory hormones. So you get increased inflammation. It decreases our anti-aging hormones. So, and that's not just about how you look, although it is a little bit about that, but it's also about the internal body and keeping that nice and at least your age rather than more than your age. And it also decreases fat burning, which, you know, is it just gives you this vicious cycle. So this is why waist circumference becomes a really good indicator and predictor of insulin sensitivity. And there's been quite a bit of research done with this. And those clients that are working with me on metabolic balance that might be listening to this podcast will know that when we do the program together, we are measuring, as well as weight, we are regularly measuring the waist. Also the hips and the thighs, but the waist in particular is this very good predictor of um, insulin resistance. And we don't measure the waist at the most narrow point because we're looking for a marker of insulin resistance. So we're actually measuring the waist circumference at the belly button, which actually makes it really easy because you've got this marker there that's really clear. And it means you can measure in exactly the same place every time. But we're looking for a waist circumference for women of 80 centimeters or less, for men, 97 centimeters or less. So this is the World Health Organization recommendations. Men, 97 centimeters or less, women, 80 centimeters or less to reduce the risk of developing chronic disease. And this is really important because as I mentioned before, it's not just about how you look, getting fitting into your genes. It's about improving your health and reducing the risk of developing chronic disease. If you have a waist circumference of less than 100 centimeters, it excludes insulin resistance in both genders. So if you're on a weight loss program and your weight weight starts off greater than 100 centimeters, we know you've got some insulin resistance. Once we get the waist below 100 centimeters, it means we're really improving your insulin sensitivity, which means we're helping you to burn more fat and store less fat. So it's awesome. So this is where uh, using a program like Metabolic Balance is awesome because it is all about balancing all of these hormones. I just wanted to bust a few weight loss myths while I'm here and I have your attention. So one of the biggest weight loss myths, and this comes from decades of the low fat movement, is that fat makes you fat. And generally speaking, healthy fats are not what drives you to gain weight. And in fact, eating low fat foods, when I'm talking low fat foods, I'm talking about packaged low fat foods, is actually worse for you because they tend to be higher in sugar. And then they lead to more cravings because you get a bit of a, a, a blood glucose level crash after that initial high. Fat is really important for building healthy hormones, for building healthy brain chemicals and for helping you to feel full. It contains your fat soluble vitamins like vitamin A, D, E and K. And we know that vitamin D is really, really important for our immunity. And there's also now some very good research coming out with regard to COVID-19 and low vitamin D levels. And essentially, if you have low vitamin D levels, it puts you at higher risk and we 
know that the majority of the population these days has low vitamin D levels. So part of that may be driven for them, the low fat movement, but also there are other drivers. So that's really important to be aware of. So another myth that you need to starve yourself to lose weight and skipping meals, under eating and starving yourself is the worst thing you can do because it causes the body to go into stress response. This leads to increased blood sugar because our stress hormones do that because we're going to fight and flight, right? We need to have energy to either run away or to fight our predator. So when we get into this cycle of stress response, we get increased blood sugar. And then of course we get increased insulin to get that blood sugar into the cells. And guess what? That causes us to store fat and blocks us from burning it. The diet mindset can lead us to cycle through disordered eating and become more and more frustrated. Another myth is that you have to exercise like a demon. And again, this puts the body into the stress response. We already just talked about what it does to our fat storage hormone insulin. And this is why in the first couple of weeks of metabolic balance, we say no exercise. We want to make sure we're getting the body into a state of low stress response, more relaxation response, less inflammation, and we're really balancing out our insulin. And then we start bringing in exercise once we're getting everything sorted at that level. For fat burning, it's important to get your food right so that it keeps insulin levels normal and you keep exercise to a sensible level. Another myth, once you reach a certain age, you can't lose weight. This myth often comes up in women once they reach menopause or have had kids. And yes, changes in hormones can be a factor. Absolutely. Things that once worked may not work so well anymore. But still, this is a myth and weight loss at any age is absolutely possible. The majority of women I work with are in that perimenopausal category. I do have some women that are younger, but most of them are in that perimenopausal category in their 40s and 50s. And they still get really, really great results on metabolic balance. So there's so much more to weight loss than eat less and exercise more. We've talked about the key drivers, uh, including the various hormones that I've mentioned, stress levels, also nutrient deficiencies can be key drivers because then you start craving certain foods. Um, inflammation is a key driver. Gut health is super important. A lot of inflammation emanates from the gut and the intestinal lining and the microbiome. So we need to make sure that's really healthy. These key drivers all impact your metabolism and control it off balance. And they can drive your body to gain weight and block it from releasing weight. And if you're one of these people that's tried everything, it may well be that one or more of these are what's getting in your way. And I think pretty much everyone I get through my door has tried everything. And it's not until they try something like metabolic balance that they actually get the result that they want. So if you're really wanting to address your health, your energy levels, your well-being, your weight, your chronic disease, your inflammation, your hormones, then come and get assessed because there are so many drivers of chronic disease and weight. And I've mentioned quite a few of them, but there are, are plenty more as well. So... 
I'm really interested to see if any of this has resonated with you. Feel free to message me. Um, you can send me an email, Susie, that's S-U-S-I-E, at susiegarden.com or DM me on my socials, which are all at Susie Garden Wellness. I hope you've enjoyed the content today and it's given you some food for thought, no pun intended. Uh, And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind uh, giving me a rating, that would be awesome. And of course, subscribe to the podcast, however you listen to me. And so you don't miss out on anything. Thanks so much for joining me on The Wellness Glow. I loved having you here. See you again next week. Until then, take care and be well.